This is Ballin' with the Bison, your home for everything you need to know about Bucknell women's basketball. Now Johnson right wing, three on the way, good! Allie Johnson rattles home another three. She's got 17, and it's a 63-54 lead for Bucknell. It's a nine-point advantage, the largest of the day for the Bison. Rebound, Tessa Brugler puts it on the floor once, goes up, bucket good, and the foul. Three-point play coming up for Tessa Brugler. Tucker for three, it's blocked by Seppi. Autumn Seppi blocks the three-pointer. And now, here's your host, Joe Vasile. Hello, everybody, and welcome into this episode of Ballin' with the Bison. My name is Joe Basile. I am your host on this show, and we've got a good one lined up today. Talking to Bucknell athletic trainer Casey Gonzalez, our guest uh, on this episode. And before we really dive in uh, to everything this week, I want to thank you all for your ratings, your reviews, uh, for hitting subscribe and sharing out the podcast wherever you do. Uh, appreciate those of you who have done that already. Uh, it helps us out tremendously to to spread the word about the show and uh, help it find people who might be interested. So. Certainly appreciate that. If you haven't done that yet, there's still time. A couple weeks left in the season as we hit the home stretch of the 2019-2020 basketball season. Just five games remain during the regular season, and Bucknell is in first place in the Patriot League, two games up on second place Boston University and Colgate. Uh, Bucknell is at 11-2 after a 2-0 week where they beat Navy and American with a big road win. So we'll start with that Wednesday game against Navy at Soika Pavilion. It was a 75 to 65 win for the Bison. And uh, obviously in that game, if you watched it, you know, there was some good, there was some bad uh, for the Bison in that game. So let's first focus on the good. Four players in double figures. Ellie Mack had 18. Tessa Brugler had 16. Taylor O'Brien, 11. And Abby Cap had 10. The team shot better than 58% from the floor, and one of the things I really want to focus on in that game is Taylor O'Brien. She had those 11 points, and for Taylor, and this is something that I said during the broadcast, but we've seen this season for her the continued progression, the continued maturation of her game. Uh, early in the year, think back to November, December, and, and even early January in the start of conference play. She was taking a lot of shots, and and I even talked about this a little bit last week on the podcast. Taking a lot of shots, the, the shooting percentage wasn't quite there, but as the season has gone on, she's gotten a lot smarter about her shots. She's still getting her same points, but doing it much more efficiently while still being tremendously athletic and grabbing rebounds and playing strong defense and, and getting steals. Um, and even just... The way that she's defended baseline drives has improved dramatically from the beginning of the season till now. And for Taylor, who had 11 points again in the game against Navy on Wednesday, uh, just another step in the right direction as she's looking to finish her sophomore season with the Bison strong. So that's all of the good news for Bucknell in that game. The not-so-good news was Navy shot 51% in the game, and Navy scored 65 points on the Bison, which was the most that Bucknell has allowed in a game this year since November. The day before Thanksgiving, Bucknell allowed 60 points to Howard. Uh, they hadn't allowed more than 60 points in a game 
since the Temple game on November 20th. So it had been a long time since a team got to 60 against Bucknell in a regulation game. Of course, in the double overtime game against Stony Brook, um, the Seawolves got up into the upper 70s. However, they were at 59 at the end of regulation. Mary-Kate Yulasowicz was tremendous in that game for Navy. She went off for a career-high 29 points. And in my ballot for Patriot League Player of the Week, Yulasowicz makes an appearance. Uh, there were some really strong candidates this week uh, who we'll talk about a little bit later on in the podcast. But uh, Mary-Kate Yulasowicz was very impressive for Navy. And in that performance, really helped the mids um, play well. I mean, it was a 10-point final, but... A lot of that was when Navy was fouling late uh, in the fourth quarter and Bucknell hit its free throws. Navy couldn't convert on field goals uh, on their very next possession. So the Bison closed that game out. They got it up to a 10-point victory. Moving forward to Saturday against American, it was a 60-57 to win for the Bison on the road down in the nation's capital. That is the smallest margin of victory this year for Bucknell. Previously, they had won a game by eight points on two occasions, this a three-point win, and I tweeted this out yesterday. The more I think about that game, and I still feel the same way uh, here on Monday as we record this podcast, I still feel the same way about Saturday's game. The more time that goes by and the more that I think about it, the more impressed I am with the way that the team closed out that victory. They hadn't really played in a tight game late in a long time, uh, where they were leading. Um, there was, at one point in the fourth quarter against Stony Brook, they had a lead. Um, I want to say Bucknell had leads uh, against Boston University as well. They they never led against Loyola, although I could be uh, reversing those two. Either way, one of those games they led in the fourth quarter, but it was early on in the fourth quarter. It wasn't late. They weren't having to hold on to a one or two possession lead over the final minutes like they were this weekend down in American. And I was very impressed with the way that the team performed. American had a chance with a three-point shot with two minutes and 40 seconds left in the game to tie the game. And Caitlin Moreni had it rim out on her. Bucknell grabbed the rebound, scored on the next possession. An American never had a chance to tie the game or take the lead again until a last-second shot by Jade Edwards ended up uh, hitting off the front rim and Ellie Mack grabbed the rebound to seal the victory. And so for Bucknell, again, that ability to close the game out and hang on to that lead and not allow American, despite as hard as they were trying, uh, to not allow American to even have another chance to tie or take the lead uh, down the stretch because you were doing exactly what you needed to do on the offensive side and on the defensive side. Um, that's very impressive, and that says a lot about a team that hasn't played in that situation this season. Um, I was very uh, very impressed, and, and I think that that bodes well for next month, looking into the Patriot League tournament, and then any potential postseason tournament, obviously still five games left to go, still a lot uh, to kind of get to, um, but it's something that certainly bodes well. And another thing from the game on Saturday is the Bison were playing shorthanded. Tessa Brugler was 
feeling under the weather, not able to go. And so for the first time since November, Autumn Seppi was thrust into the starting lineup, and she was tremendous. Uh, Autumn put together arguably the best game of her career at Bucknell. Career-high 20 points, also had 7 rebounds. And the thing with her in that game on Saturday that was very noticeable was playing with a tremendous amount of confidence in her shot. And she was aggressive and assertive on the offensive side in a way that I haven't really seen out of her too much this year. Um, she was very decisive. She would get the ball in the block. She knew exactly what she was going to do with it 99 times out of 100. And uh, she went up with a lot of shots and was tremendously efficient. And it just continues what's been a really strong run of play for Seppi in the Patriot League. Remember back in, in non-conference, she was kind of struggling to start the year. But boy, has she really been good lately, both ways, offensively and defensively. And now uh, playing uh, in a career-high 37 minutes, or maybe it was 38 minutes. It was kind of in, in between there. A tremendous game on Saturday for Autumn Seppi, uh, filling in the starting lineup for Tessa Brugler in that contest. Had a chance to talk after that game with Bucknell head coach Trevor Woodruff, who shared his thoughts on the win and on the effort that Autumn Seppi gave him in the starting lineup. Huge, huge. You know, without Tessa, um, you know, you got to overcome some adversity throughout the season. Everybody deals with it. So to come down here uh, against a championship culture team, excellent coach, get the win, I thought uh, Autumn Seppi had a tremendous day for us. Well, she was the deal. Yeah. I mean, she made the difference. You know, let's be honest. She uh, she doesn't have that day. We don't win. So uh, awesome. She's capable of, of things like that, obviously. She's, you know, in and out with Tessa. We're moving them around. But um, really happy for, for Autumn. She was a hard worker. She's probably our best energy player. Brings it every day. So I'm happy to see her have a day like this when we needed it the most. Our guest this week on Ballin' with the Bison is Bucknell athletic trainer Casey Gonzalez. Casey is now in her second season with Bucknell. Talk a little bit more about her past, how she came back to the Bison, and uh, and a whole lot more uh, for a wide-ranging conversation. Without further ado, this week on Ballin' with the Bison, our guest, Bucknell athletic trainer Casey Gonzalez. <laughs> We're joined by Casey Gonzalez, Bucknell athletic trainer for the women's basketball team. And Casey, obviously here at Bucknell now for how, how long have you been here for? Uh, this is the middle of my second year. So, two, well, two and a half years, I guess. So almost three. What is kind of, I guess, the, the progression of your career that, that brought you here to Lewisburg? Oh, man. Okay. So I actually was uh, lucky enough to be at Bucknell during grad school. So... I went to Shenandoah University in Virginia. They sent me to Navy my first year and then Bucknell here. Um, for my second year, I did men's lacrosse and women's soccer. So after that, I was hired by Navy, worked there for a couple years, decided I wanted to go back to California, went to Sonoma State for four years, worked a myriad of sports, and then decided to come back to Division One. What, what division is Sonoma State? Is that two or three? Two. How different is, just from an athletics facilities standpoint, Sonoma State versus 
either Navy or Bucknell at, at a D1 level? Like, wh what's the biggest difference? Or do you even notice that as a trainer? Oh, no, it's huge. <laughs> um, Budget-wise, it's way different. Facility-wise, completely different. So, Snow State, I had one athletic training room. There were maybe three tables in it. I had maybe, like, one hot pack machine. I mean, you just – you don't have anything. You have to do – you have to kind of make do with what you have. Like rehabs were done like outside on the field most of the time or on the court. Um, there just wasn't anything. So here at Bucknell, there's like, I don't know, eight, five or six different training rooms. At uh, Navy, there's 11, I think, different athletic training rooms. So there's just a lot more space, a lot more money. Um, we have a lot more like fun like tools here to like do uh, like game ready. There was none of that at Sonoma State. There's absolutely nothing. Um, so, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's, that's about it. <laughs> no, that's okay. We're here with uh, Bucknell Athletic Trainer Casey Gonzalez. You work with the women's basketball team. I know that's not the only sport that you handle here. What, what other sports have you, uh, have you taken care of in your time? Um, so I currently have men and women's tennis and women's basketball are my sport assignments. How crazy is it right now, obviously, with for those who don't know, tennis has just gotten underway over the last couple of weeks and it referred to as crossover season in, in college athletics parlance. I, I guess that's not a crazy insider term, but um, just how nutty is it for you to have just everything going at once? Um, it sucks, basically. <laughs> it's not it's not like nutty. It's just it's so much time. You have three teams in season. There's no days off there, you know. If you get, like, a day where women's basketball doesn't have practice or a game, men and women's tennis will have a match or practice all day. So it's just kind of really multitasking to its finest and trying not to get burnt out and kill everyone before the end of the season. How many student-athletes is that that you take care of? Oh, I'm actually super lucky at Bucknell. I definitely have the least amount. Um, so I only have about, let's see, I have maybe 30 max and all other sports have way more than me kind of hitting the home stretch in basketball season and you've got tennis ramping up how different is it in terms of what you do I guess in terms uh, maybe the treatments or, or is it kind of all the same depending on you know the sport the aches and pains are generally similar I mean uh so in basketball I'm going to get a little bit more contact injuries so I'm going to get more concussions more blood more stuff like that in tennis, overuse. Not saying I don't get overuse in basketball because there's a lot of, you know, tendonitises, but same in tennis. So in that aspect, they're fairly similar, but the the momentum of play is completely different. So you, get, you just get different uh, kind of explosive and acute injuries. What's the best way to treat tennis elbow? <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, a lot of scraping, a lot of grasping, a lot of scraping. Um, getting that to break down that scar tissue, kind of getting that um, healing process to restart again is the biggest thing for a tennis elbow. So you talked about your time in college at Shenandoah University down in Virginia. While you were there, you were a student athlete, right? You, you started a snowboarding team? <laughs> so, okay, I was a student athlete for the University of New Mexico where I played okay. softball. Then tore my ACL, lost my scholarship, blah, blah, blah. Went back home to California went to Cal State Fullerton and started a ski and snowboard team. And, yes, we had competitions, we raced, we, uh, you know, the best of us went to Salt Lake um, for our, like, our, what is it called, our championships, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of cool, the end of the season. 
Was that Salt Lake where they had the Olympics? Was it that that same Park yeah, City? Yeah, thing? yeah. So we got to yeah we would go to Park City and we would do so it's giant giant slalom, uh, pipe slope style and border cross were the four events. And so if you were top three in the races in our local mountain at Mammoth, you would go to Park City and compete against the rest of the nation, I guess, because it was for colleges. So yeah. How cool was that to go to an Olympic facility and to to actually get to ride down those slopes is that the right term <laughs> no it is yeah right down the slopes um it's awesome it's so I've been lucky enough to I'm from California so Mammoth is amazing and I got to actually go to um Squaw Valley which so they had Olympics there as well so I've been to a couple places it's awesome uh getting to ride big mountains is always really really cool <laughs> here at Bucknell athletic trainer Casey Gonzalez I'll get you one last question What's the biggest misconception that people have about what you do or what an athletic trainer does? Um, most people think I'm a water girl. It's super <laughs> awesome because, I mean, most of the time on the bench, you're seeing me shove water bottles in people's faces. But hydration is so important. Even, like, the littlest amount of dehydration sets an athlete up for injury. It also makes them not play as well. So uh, <laughs> they definitely think I'm just a water girl. But I do everything from, you know, saving their life with CPR to uh, just emergency, setting bones, relocating things. Well, if it goes in, it goes in. Anyway, um, but I do all that emergency stuff, and I do all the physical therapy after it, getting them back, um, you know, working definitely with Marley Walls, of course, every day. But doing rehab uh, all the way back to play um, is a thing. Also, medicine, sick-wise, like, I take care of that, mental health. Like, there's a, there's a lot of aspects of my job. Um, that no one will ever know or see, but, you know, it's worth it because the athlete knows. Thank you so much to Bucknell athletic trainer Casey Gonzalez for joining us this week on Ballin' with the Bison. And a reminder that if you missed any previous episodes, you can go back into the archives and check those out wherever you downloaded this podcast uh, last week with Bucknell senior Gia Hayes and uh, everyone else uh, in before that. We've had Allie Johnson Ellie Mack, Tessa Brugler uh, as guests, as well as the entire coaching staff. And uh, this week, diving back into uh, some of the, I guess, support staff is the uh, the terminology, but might uh, might have some good surprises coming up. I'm working on, uh, right now, trying to, uh, to schedule an interview with Charlie Cream, uh, ESPN's women's basketball bracketologist. Um, been going back and forth with uh, with the PR team at ESPN, trying to find a, a good time to hammer that out. So excited about that and um, trying to make that happen here over the next couple of weeks uh, to talk some NCAA tournament. We'll have uh, Jackie Eddy from the Patriot League back on as well uh, toward the end of the season to talk about the Patriot League tournament. Um, and speaking of that Patriot League tournament, take a look at uh, the standings from around the Patriot League right now. We teased them before. Bucknell in first place at 11-2 in league play. Boston University and Colgate tied for second at 9-4. Holy Cross, Lafayette, and Lehigh all at 8-5, uh, rounding out the top six. American 5-8, Loyola is 4-9. Uh, Navy 2-11, Army is 1-12. And, and so what does that mean for the playoff picture? It means everything is still up for grabs. Bucknell, a two-game lead with five left to play. Which, if my math is correct, that means the magic number is four. What that means is any combination of four wins for Bucknell and losses for the team in second 
helps to clinch first place for the Bison. Now, the scenarios are, at least as I understand them, if Bucknell wins four out of its last five, it wins the outright Patriot League title. If Bucknell wins three out of the last five to finish it 14-4 and four in the league, um, either Boston University or Colgate would have to win out, and that would be co-Patriot League champions. So, essentially, if Bucknell wins three or more minimum, they're going to be co-Patriot League champions. And then you get into tiebreaker situations uh, with Boston and Colgate, or potentially even Holy Cross, Lafayette, and Lehigh. Uh, those teams are all still in the running uh, for the Patriot League regular season championship. The win for Bucknell on Saturday, again, as I mathematically understand it, officially eliminated American from winning the Patriot League championship this year, and then Loyola, Navy, and Army have all uh, previously been eliminated from competition for the top seed in the Patriot League tournament. Some interesting games coming up this week. Uh, Once to keep an eye on on Wednesday, Colgate at Lehigh. That's a, a 6 p.m. tip. And then Lafayette at Boston University. Uh, some games with a lot of shuffling around in the playoff picture. Definitely going to be interested in that Colgate-Lehigh game because Lehigh is, we'll talk about in just a minute, has come in on a little bit of a roll lately. And uh, they're up to 8-5 and five in the league. Colgate at 9-4. and four. That could uh, flip the standings up top there and uh, help Bucknell as it looks to wrap up the Patriot League regular season championship this year. And then Lafayette and BU, same thing. Lafayette 8-5, and five, Boston University 9-4. and four. Uh, Could be a game where uh, you see some shuffling up around the top or opportunities for Boston and Colgate to solidify their standing as part of that top three in the Patriot League and get themselves two games of separation on Lehigh and Lafayette, respectively. Looking ahead to games on Saturday from around the Patriot League, Big one, Navy at Army, 11 a.m., nationally televised on CBS Sports Network. Um, Again, neither of those two teams has had a a great year this year, a combined 3-23 and entering this week in conference play. But, I mean, when those two match up, it's it's appointment watching, appointment viewing um, on TV because of uh, what that game represents uh, to the Patriot League and, honestly, to the nation, where... You've got two teams uh, full of players who are all going to be playing for the same team uh, once they graduate uh, for the United States of America in the armed services. Also on Saturday, later tips around the conference at 2 p.m. Boston University is at American. Again, another um, game that you look at for BU is a tough road contest having to go as far from BU as possible. In fact, that's the longest trip in the Patriot League, Boston uh, down to American Uh, in a tough place to play. That could be an interesting contest. Uh, Wouldn't be surprised to see American uh, give Boston a run for the money next Saturday. And then uh, Colgate at Holy Cross as well, uh, with the Crusaders in the thick of the playoff conversation. Up at the top of the Patriot League, trying to get a bye. Same for Colgate, um, who's put together, obviously, a really strong season. And that'll be uh, the last game for Colgate before uh, they're back home to take on Bucknell next Wednesday, but obviously we'll talk more about that game uh, seven days from now, next week on Ball with the Bison. What we have to talk about this week are the two games that Bucknell will play on Wednesday at 6 p.m. against Holy Cross at Soika Pavilion. Bucknell taking on the Holy Cross Crusaders, looking for 
a season sweep over Holy Cross after last year the Bison split, uh, winning at home and then losing in buzzer-beater fashion up in Worcester, Massachusetts. Bucknell got its revenge in the Patriot League tournament last year over Holy Cross, but the Crusaders in the first game this year also lost. Uh, 51-40 was the final last month up in Massachusetts. Now, a little bit of a different look, though, in this game because, of course, that was a game where Marley Walls had 13 points for Bucknell and went down with the right knee injury late in the fourth quarter. Um, and also, Bucknell held Avery LaBarbera scoreless uh, in that win on January 11th. And LaBarbera is still the second-leading scorer this year on Holy Cross and uh, averaging about 13.5 points per game. So it would be a little surprising if the Bison are able to keep uh, LaBarbera at bay again uh, on Saturday, or Wednesday, rather. What hasn't changed for Holy Cross is Lauren Manis still having a tremendous season. She's averaging 17.9 points per game, 11.3 rebounds per game, and in Holy Cross's game on Saturday against Lafayette, it was Lauren Manis against Natalie Kakowski. Tremendous matchup inside, and Manis went off for 32 points and 16 rebounds against Lafayette on Saturday. Uh, she did not receive my vote for Patriot League Player of the Week. Um, she finished in second behind someone who we'll talk about in just a minute, but uh, it certainly wasn't because she wasn't deserving. She had a tremendous week. Uh, last week and is on a roll and a big reason why Holy Cross has won three out of its last five, including uh, two straight against Lehigh and Lafayette. A note about that win against Lehigh for Holy Cross as well last Wednesday is that Holy Cross, with 437 left in the third quarter, trailed by 24 points, and they erased a 24-point deficit to come back and win which is the fifth largest deficit overcome to win in Division I women's basketball history. Just a, a tremendous effort, and that's the kind of dangerous that this Holy Cross team is. They can erase a 24-point deficit in less than 15 minutes. Uh, granted, that game was at home, at the Hart Center, and uh, it's going to be a little tougher to do that at Soika, where Bucknell this year has uh, really rolled. Uh, but it should be a good one, 6 p.m. on Wednesday at Soika Pavilion. After that, Bucknell back home again on Saturday the 22nd. It's a 2 p.m. start on the Play for K Day uh, at Soika Pavilion. For those who don't know, that's the uh, the Yao Cancer Fund, which was founded back in 2007. It's awarded nearly $8 million uh, to support scientific research and programs that serve the underserved in the fight against all cancers affecting women. Play for K is kind of the biggest uh, fundraising initiative of the Yao Cancer Fund, who is a uh, Olympic gold medal winning and uh, Naismith Hall of Fame coach, Yao, um, who was diagnosed with breast cancer first in 1987 uh, and passed away in 2009. A 22-year battle where she helped establish the Yao Cancer Fund and, uh, as I said, has done just tremendous work over the years um, down at American on Saturday, they did their play for K-Day, and now Bucknell uh, doing their play for K-Day. So, encourage, if you can get out to Soik Pavilion, throw some pink on. Uh, I'll have uh, pink on as well. I'm sure all the coaches will. The Bison will be wearing pink uniforms. Uh, 
it's going to be a very special day, so certainly uh, encourage that. BucknellBison.com will have uh, more information about all of that. Talking about the actual game, Lehigh comes in 16-8 and overall, 8-5 and in the Patriot League. And after a four-game losing streak, they've won three out of their last four, although two of those wins came against Army. And uh, then they also defeated Lafayette uh, in the rivalry, which is a big win for them. Cameron Boer, that's who we're going to talk about. Cameron Boer on Saturday had 36 points and 13 rebounds against Army. Cameron Boer got my vote for Patriot League Player of the Week uh, for that performance. She also had a, a very good performance against Holy Cross earlier in the week. Um, but Boer comes in as leading scorer for Lehigh, 13.1 points, 7.5 rebounds per game. First game between these two teams, Bucknell won 71-50 to at Lehigh on January 18th. That was the game where Abby Cap went off for a career-high 23 points. And uh, Bucknell overall went 11 of 19 from the three-point range while they held Lehigh to just 4 of 15 uh, in that contest. So the Bison facing a couple of opponents that were projected to finish above them in the Patriot League preseason poll this year and uh, looking to go for the season sweep of both Holy Cross and Lehigh this week, 6 p.m. on Wednesday against Holy Cross, 2 p.m. on Saturday against Lehigh on Play for K Day uh, at Soik Pavilion. Hope to see you there for both of those. If not, Bison Sports Network from Learfield IMG College has you covered with pregame shows starting uh, 15 minutes before the respective tips. Before we wrap things up, there, there is one note that I wanted to get to uh, that I uh, didn't get to earlier, and it has to do with uh, Bucknell and rebounding. For the first time this season... After the uh, after the game against Navy, Bucknell has a positive rebounding margin on the year, uh, and that's notable because week one of the season, or game one for that matter of the season, Bucknell was out rebounded by the University of Virginia thirty eight to nineteen, and it took them until this week to kind of recover from that and some other uh, large margins on the glass early on in the season. And that's just kind of a note uh, about that I found interesting and how the team has evolved from the beginning of the season to now, where they are much better defensively rebounding. They're one of the top defensive rebound percentage teams in the country. Um, they're top 30. Uh, last time I looked, it, it might even be higher right now, but uh, based on some of the games from last night and uh, late Saturday, but Bucknell has done a, a tremendous job in terms of defensive rebounding, um, especially lately, and it's uh, paying off now with a positive rebounding margin, which is just, uh, again, not, not sure what to read into it. Uh, again, some of that was just being outclassed by Virginia in the first game of the season and having a rough game against Quinnipiac and another rough one against Stony Brook, but, uh, but overall, the the rebounding numbers looking uh, better and better for the Bison here down the stretch of the season. They're going to need to keep that going over the final five as they hit the home stretch of this 2019-2020 season. And so that wraps things up for us this week on Bowling with the Bison. Talk to you again in seven days. Until then, my name is Joe Basile. Enjoy the rest of your week. This has been Bowling with the Bison.